Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. People talk about CBD oil. First, it was spoken very quietly. Can you get CBD oil? And not because you wanted to get high, but because it was helping with treatments. It was helping with inflammation. It was helping with pain. And um, now you walk into different chemists and you actually see CBD products available. So times, they are changing. The laws are changing. And so we've decided to really unpack the subject for you today. And we're going even further into to the glory of the cannabis plant. And we're looking at hemp um, because interestingly enough, and this really is interesting, um, there, there's a very long use of, of marijuana um, and most ancient cultures didn't actually grow the plant to get high, but as a herbal medicine. Um, and believe it or not, it goes back to uh, uh, Asia to around 500 BC. That's where the first uh, cannabis plant was grown, I believe. Um, so the history of cannabis, you know, then it went all over the world. And then, of course, people used it as a drug. Um, and then it was uh, made illegal. So it, there is such a, a fascinating history when you think of the fact that you have ancient cultures who used it originally for things like making sales or yeah, rope or spend, for yeah. clothing and things like that. So to speak more about that is our first guest, um, and he has an absolutely fascinating story. Um, he himself was diagnosed with an autoimmune illness. He has suffered terribly from pain, and he eventually moved to the CBD oils, and so a whole new life unfolded for him. So I would like to start off by introducing Kevin Pearman, who is the managing director and license holder of the Crafted Hemp Farm. Kevin, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, good afternoon, Nikki, and thank you for having me on the show. Wow, what an introduction. Understanding of the of the plants and the history, so you saved me quite a bit. Thank you very much. You mean we could we could end the show here and now, Kevin? No, 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 no. I think it's not necessarily end the show, but you gave a, a good uh, spaces of where we can, you know, work from and 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 start uh, the conversation, which I'm interested. So thank you to you, you and your listeners for having us Fantastic. on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Kevin. So I tell you, we're going to start where you started with the CBD oil because, you know, we've had Quinton on the show before where we've discussed CBD, we've discussed THC, and we're going to discuss that again. But I just want to look at your personal story because with your autoimmune and really you were on very strong painkillers and anti-inflammatories on a daily basis, um, and we know how bad that is for the system. How were you first introduced to the benefits of the CBD oil? If I go back to how it all started, you know, my, my health started deteriorating, you know, about eight years ago and, you know, started getting a lot of low back pain and, you know, I went through various ways of trying to change my health, change my eating and, you know, live a better, healthier way. The pain just didn't go away, you know, it just continued to increase and it just continued to spread to the point that it actually physically crippled me. I, I mean, I remember lying in bed, waking up. It was the 15th of February, just after Valentine's Day. I couldn't walk. I was lying in bed, paralyzed. And I said, I woke up and I looked at my wife and I was like, no, this is not normal. I can't wake up in this kind of pain. This is just, it's, it's, and she said to me, no, man, toughen up. You know, as, as, as your wife would try to give you some votes of confidence, you know, bless her soul. Yeah. It, the pain was unbearable. So off I get rushed off to a net care hospital and 
I'm, I'm seen by the, the, the ER department out in Sunninghill did an outstanding job in fast tracking me and, and helping me out because of the pain that I was in. And, and there I lay inside, you know, many doctors coming and saying, okay, well, what actually happened? I said, no, well, I woke up like this. They said, no, I mean, you can't have, you couldn't have just woken up like this. Did you fall? What was this? No, I woke up like this. So in I go, I get scanned, I get MRI, I get CT scans, and, you know, it's, it's a moment that's lived with me since. I mean, lying in there, and just hearing this music playing in the background, you know, don't stop believing, kind of gave me the faith that what was going to come would continually live with me. And at that very moment, I was like, no, man. And the doctor kept asking, did you wake up like this? Are you sure you never fall? I said, no, I promise you. This is how, you know, I woke up. Anyway, out from the scans, I get injected with... uh a bunch of steroids, and into the rooms I, I lay, obviously pondering what was to come next, you know. Many tests, many tests, yeah, blood tests here, yeah, colonoscopies here, yeah, seeing some of the, the best rheumatologists in the country, super specialists, you know, Dr. Aisha Wadi at, at Sunning Hill, you know, she did a great job. And and it it, it, it turned out that I was, I, you know, going to cut straight to it. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at a very young age. You know, I'm, I'm, I was 33. Yeah. You know, at 33, I was one of the youngest ones, according to the rheumatologist, to be diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis. Sure. And you say to yourself, what is that? I mean, it took me a while to actually say the word, never mind try and unpack what it was. And then you, you sit with the rheumatologist and you ask all these questions and they say, well, you know, this is what I'd like to know. And, and, and they say to you, well, this is your journey. This is what your journey is going to look like. You either need to uh, uh, follow this journey while it's evolving and while we as rheumatologists and the Rheumatologist Association of the country, uh, you know, start unpacking this disease and, uh, you know, and take the following. So, I mean, I started taking Celebrax, the 200 milligrams, and I'm sure everyone knows Celebrax. I was eating maybe a blister pack a day. The sure. pain was still there. You know, I, I, it is still there. It still lives inside me. And eventually I got to a point where my stomach was bad. I, you know, my, my stools were, were, were not stable. You know, I was, I was, my weight was up and down. So I, I started doing research into alternative types of medicines and what else could be out there. And I reached out to a company in the United States, uh, uh, currently is Freedom uh, Leaf Leafceuticals, and the company was called at the time RECBD. And I, I remember talking to Andy Kim, and I said, hey, I've tried everything. I believe this mark is pretty fresh in the U.S. in 2014, 2015. Uh, sorry, 2015, 2016. Uh, what is it that you can have for something that I have, you know, with pain? And, you know, he said, look, we've got this CBD oil uh, that's called pain. And it comes in 250 milligrams, 500 milligrams, and 1,000 milligrams. I was like, okay, great. I'll take $1,000 worth. <laughs> you know, I want to test this out. Sure. <laughs> if it says pain and it says this, and the Americans, <laughs> as we know, uh, are, are pretty far advanced in, in medicines to a point in what I understood at that time in my career. 
And, you know, the shipments arrived and I, I remember opening up the package with a whole bunch of uh, Let me interrupt of you. I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm going to interrupt you because I, I and our listeners want to hear exactly what the result was from this pain medication after the break. So please it stay took with the us. pain away. <laughs> <laughs> stay with us, Kevin. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the Deal Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. We're having a very interesting discussion about cannabis, about marijuana, about hemp. Let's be more specific. Maybe you see the CBD oils. We're talking about it all here on the show today, and we're unpacking the benefits not only of the CBD oil and the impact it had on our first guest, Kevin Pierman, when he was uh, diagnosed with an autoimmune illness at a uh, very young age, um, but we're also going to be looking at the benefits of hemp, and I believe there's been um, some incredible uh, event unfolding on the 21st of October, yesterday, which we'll be talking about. But I know that Quinton van Kerken has joined us. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Magic Dragon Group. Um, we've had him on the show before, and he is also a South African Dacha activist. And those, by the way, are not my words. They are his. Quinton, Quinton, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Nikki. How are you? <laughs> I won't be calling you that. Listen, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't want to interrupt Kevin because he was telling us about, you know, when this incredible oil arrived from the United States, Kevin. So um, you said just before the break, it took away the pain. So let's fast track it a little bit. How did you, how did your life then take a turn in terms of CBD oil and, and looking at hemp farming um, moving forward? So thank you. And, you know, understanding that it took the pain away, I saw an opportunity to enter into the market and share my story with everybody else. Started importing it in 2016, 2017, when the laws pretty much weren't uh, conducive to it because our country wasn't really at that uh, mature level of understanding what this essential oil could do and how it needed to be classified as an essential oil and as something that should be widely available to the market. So through that journey, you know, we built up a business. We attended quite a lot of the cannabis expos across the country, had great success, and we started seeing success in other people. We started seeing not only the oil started working, the creams, the, 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 the facial serums, you know, it was, it, the product started showing results and people started coming back to me and saying, wow, I don't have to take sleeping tablets anymore. I don't have to uh, take any of my Celebrax. You know, I started my, my with me, I, you know, because I was still nervous, I still took Celebrax and I still took my drops because I wasn't sure in the beginning. And then eventually it got to a point where I was like, okay, maybe let me do a trial where I'll actually not take Celebrax for a 30-day period and see, see what happens. Does my endocannabinoid system that lives inside me is it responsive to receptor one or receptive two? And now I started unpacking what my body was going through, both based on dosages, based on my experience, and I started educating the market. I started telling people this is what you should be using. And it's not just about CBD. CBD is not a miracle molecule. You know, let, let's just understand that. There's, it's, 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 a, a molecule that enables and empowers one's endocannabinoid system and it tries to redevelop the cells so that it can achieve, your body can achieve homeostasis. 
And that's what its role is. If you, if you go to projectcbd.org, it's a fantastic library for all your listeners and anybody that's on the show that wants to do further research and look at where I gathered all my information from post, you know, bringing in the oils. So that's, that's how it helped me and it's helped a lot of people over, over the period of time. But what I must say is that don't, don't fall victim to believing that it's going to cure you of everything. You still need to respect the doctors and the research and people that have spent many years in understanding the body system, right? The physicians and the rest of them, the rheumatologists. What we need to be mindful of is that given the, the infancy stages that we have in the research that is out there on hemp and CBD as well as THC and other cannabinoids that we have, we, we, we still need to respect that the doctors need to catch up and we should be seeking counsel from a collective of the cannabis community or the hemp community as well as the, the, the doctors and the physicians and the pharmacists because with that we'll get a great fine balance. And we're seeing it today. If you look at what's happening in Israel, Israel in Baman, if you look at what I understand today, are leading the way in researchers. And that needs to be mentioned to everybody. We, we need to be mindful of it. They, I mean, they are light years ahead of what we're doing in South Africa. Why mm. can't we join forces? Why can't we work collectively? Why can't we expand? And let's open up the market so that, that everybody has a fair equal opportunity to, to, to increase public participation, you know, by, by, from our president's calling. You know, that's, yeah. that's my, my, my saying, you know, I just had to get that out there. No, I love that, Kevin. Thank you so much. I mean, we have discussed that as well and that, you know, this is the way forward. And, and, uh, I mean, I certainly don't speak for the doctors in this country at all, but I can say, um, that when it has been mentioned to certain doctors I've been around, they're all aware of CBD oil, um, uh, you know, not yeah. as a cure, but certain as a, as a complementary treatment, helping with pain or inflammation. But, you know, that's a, that is another discussion. I, I want to bring Quinton in at this point. Quinton Quentin van Kaken, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Magic Dragon, the Magic Dragon Group. Um, Quentin, the last time I had you on the show, it was so interesting because we discussed how with the laws changing, and I know that you played a very active role in trying to change the laws in South Africa. Um, you know, we said that every Tom, Dick and Harry is going to start growing cannabis plants in their back garden, and certainly that's been the case. And you said that people have to be very, very careful with, you know, the, the CBD and the THC part of it. I know that you have SEPRA, which is the regulatory body, just to ensure that the CBD oil that is out there is good quality CBD oil. So maybe you can just speak to that, Quentin, um, and, and we can just look at the current situation of the kind of CBD oil that is available to everyone. Okay, so it's it's. Uh, I'm so glad to be on the show, and yes, it's, it, it's been a while and, and, and it's great to be back, but um, Nikki, I think we where, where we're at at the moment is is that um, SAPRA has, uh, uh, in May this year, actually rescheduled CBD on its own. So um, in, in layman's terms and, and, and really to make it a lot easier, SAPRA said that anything packaged under 600 milligrams could be sold over the counter with, with no questions asked. Uh, um, right off of a shelf, you you can buy it. Anything over 600 milligrams, uh, a doctor would have to get involved. Really, that's the, 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 
the the bottom line of it. We've also seen a bit of change with uh, um, Anthony from uh, uh, the TNHA, and uh, it, it's a it's an organisation that actually took separate to court recently and 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 won. And um, it's it's all to do with complementary medicines, and uh, it it if uh, well, how do we say this? The, the case was given to them, but there's a sort of a year waiting period uh, to, to give separate time to catch up. But if it doesn't happen by then, um, realistically, CBD will literally slip into uh, complementary medicines completely right out of separate's uh, controls, and uh, they, they they won't have to control it because there would be a, 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 a self-regulating body that controls uh all of the complementary medicines. So we, we, we're seeing a lot of changes. We're seeing that even government is coming on board with the Cannabis uh, for Private Uses Bill. Um, I think it's a nice move in the right direction. Everybody is always going to argue about the amount of plants that you're allowed to grow and all the things that you're allowed to do. And I, I think we, we just have to sort of take that with a pinch of salt and know that uh, there, there never is, there never will be a perfect situation when mm. it comes to those types of bills. But um, I, you know, the people that I've spoke to on the ground, the, 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 the average cannabis users going, you know what, that, the, the bill looks fine to us. You know, we, we, we don't really have too many issues. But I think you mentioned it earlier on, and, and we had a really great day yesterday on the 21st of October because um, even though, yes, I did play a role in changing the law to where it was now, um, I made a promise some time ago to somebody, and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something really, really spectacular, and we're really going to move this in the right direction. And, and, and what, we have, what we have been able to do is – Jumping all the hoops that were necessary, getting hold of, uh, you know, making sure that everything was compliant. I think that's the word that, that's best described, yeah? To make mm-hmm. sure that everything was compliant, uh, within the law. And, and we are now able to sell hemp, uh, biomass in various forms, which, uh, includes the flowers, for instance, that as you would think of cannabis, you think of the flowers, but, um, we, we can sell the hemp flowers as well directly to the public. And, and, and now we can actually start bringing in the research that government is, is, has been crying for, that, that, that activists have been crying for, and literally directly, um, um, poll the public and go, this is, this is the plant. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's a cousin of cannabis sativa, so, um, realistically we have to comply with laws to be able to, to, to get it over the counter like this. Um, it's, it's, it's got trace, uh, um, Nick, you know, when Kevin will probably be able to give you more, more exact detail because he's the grower. But, um, I, I believe the word that he uses and, and, and we love using are trace elements of THC. And it is, uh, the, the, the government pre- prescribes certain numbers. And I, I, I've had so many running through my head the last few days. I'm not quite sure what they are, but we are well below those, uh, guidelines that were set out. And that's why we can actually put this product to market. And test the market and people can come into a store and, and, and purchase something like this and go, okay, how do I use it? And we can sit with them and go, you know what? There are so many ways that you are able to consume this particular plant. And we can work, work through it with the people because <clears throat> some people might say, oh, I want to smoke it. And I'll go, you know, that's typically not the really the best way to get something into your system. Um, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it does have its dangers. There's edibles that you can do it. This you can make your own oil. You you can press it. There's there's a, a um a system called rosin pressing where 
you, you, you actually extract the cannabis oil out of the plants on a heat press, and, and it's great. It's like 20 tons of pressure. It's amazing to see. I love technology to see how everything happens. But the nice part is you don't have to these days work very hard in order to, to be able to consume the plant the way that you want to do it. And this is part of our research, being able to, being able to go back to government and go, great. So we've run these, uh, we've done this project, and, and what, what has come out is that, and, and Nikki, I'm going to thumb suck here, X percent of people like to put it, uh, uh, like to make their own coconut oil extraction and, 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 and literally have a few drops of that. X percent of people like to do that. X percent of people would, would you know, use it another way. And, and all of this is, is leading towards um, better regulation, for the market and, and, and the loosening of regulation on, on other, um, and, and I'll, I'll use the term broadly, cannabis products, where we can actually start polling governments and going, guys, look, here's our research. This is what people are asking for. This is how we think it might actually happen. Can, can you maybe loosen up some regulations and, and we can try a small trial? And, and it is all of these, these little things. This is, Nikki, although it's a really big step and it's the first time that anything like this has been done legally, like we know there's shops that you can go to and, and get dacha. And, and that's the, the word that I can use. But this, this is a completely licensed, beautiful product that has been grown with the utmost care, the, 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 the very best of everything. Um, it's, it's, so, it's like, so, sorry, Quentin. I'm, I'm going to then talk to Kevin because, as you said, Kevin's going to. Kevin is the person who's growing it. So, thank sure you for thing, that, yeah. Quentin. Thank you for that explanation, sure. Kevin. Over to you. So, so, and let's clarify this for the audience, uh, for the listeners. So, is it like going into a green grocer and saying, "Thank you, I'm going to have those carrots, the lettuce, and the cucumber," and you put it in your packet and off you walk? How does one go and buy cannabis sativa? Um, I mean, Quentin was saying that obviously you would be sitting, you would be talking. Talking to someone, they would be advising you. But what, what, what do you see moving forward with this? Uh, so thanks, Nikki. So you know, uh, uh, just uh, maybe Quinn, if you want to just put your phone on mute. Sorry, Sorry. we can hear you, Quentin. Yeah, we can hear you, Quentin. Sorry about that. <laughs> Technology is so, good. So, so firstly, we get to hear even yeah, the private is. conversations. Well, yes. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. So, so firstly, you know, let's unpack what it is that we're trying to achieve and, and let's start from the beginning. You know, we, 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 uh, we, Kevin, we, I must just warn you that we, we've got about five minutes to go and I don't sure, want to I'll interrupt you. So get all the juicy stuff out. Fabulous. I'll be very specific, right? To the point and direct. We, it's not as easy as going across to a grocer and saying, okay, now I can just buy it off the shelf now, right? We, right. what we're doing is we're, we're, we're working with local retailers, uh, Magic Dragon, and, and we're making sure that we're gathering the information so that we understand what the consumer's buying behaviors will be. That information and that data is what ultimately would drive us in order for what we need to submit as part of our findings to the likes of SAPRA or to the Department of Land Reform and Rural Development and, and those state entities that require this information so that an informed decision can be made a- across the board, basically okay. from seed to sale. So, you, you know, 
it, it, right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, it's something that is going to be freely available across, uh, across the country, you know, it, uh, through other retailers. Right now, the research is based on the Magic Dragon and, and the Magic Dragons group and what we're trying to achieve because it's control. One of the most important things that we need to be mindful of is a protection of people's information and, and, and making sure that it's, 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 that we have the authority to utilize it. And not everybody's going to want to do that. But that information is what we put form parts of our submission documents to the government to state, here we go from sea to sail. We've test market readiness. We've tested distribution channels. We looked at foreign uh, uh, exports. We're looking at local distribution. We're looking at setting up a master uh, a growers farming community in the Eastern Cape as a province that could springboard into the other provinces. These are our goals and objectives of what we're wanting to achieve, but we're unable to achieve that without unpacking the consumers' buying behaviors across all the provinces. Now, every one of us, as we know, have different buying patterns, and, and we know which provinces contribute most towards our GDP. So the best place for us to go and seek taxes and VAT so that we can show government the value and quantify it with physical data if an informed decision can be made and government might be able to unlock the industry so that it can be available to all those SMMEs that want to operate in the space that want to abide by the law and, and open it up. So that's really my goals and objectives is to open it up for everybody, not limited to a particular individual or group of companies. So, so we could Rather be looking at farms. Empowering. We could be looking at farms, Kevin. People, you talking about the Eastern Cape? You, talk, you, you could have communities of people farming the land, producing the hemp because hemp can be used for uh, materials. It can be consumed. It can be used for lotions and oils. I mean, there's a whole range of products that hemp can be used for. So this could be a whole surge in the economy. We're looking at Correct. potentially, right? Correct. Across the board. So you think of anything and hemp can make it. So one of the key things that we look at from a sustainability perspective, let's focus on the top 40 listed companies in South Africa. They've got a moral obligation to have a sustainability program within their organization. And some of those, particularly in agriculture and in mining and industrial sector, need to restore the land. Now, if we look at how much money is just spent in land restoration in the mining sector, we can take him, plant it across the fields, let it absorb all those heavy metals and those toxins, right? Mulch it, uh, get it ready, pack it, send it off for processing to the likes of a Sassol or to an engine or to whomever to make biofuels. You know, as a, as a perfect example, it could make biofuels that will speak to the president's public-private participation in creating jobs, in creating quick and fast. We have the answer. It lies within unlocking hemp in this industry and opening up this market so that we as SMEs, as well as uh, rural farmers, traditional healers, and everybody within the, 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 the country of South Africa has the opportunity to give it a go. But we need Kevin, to be I'm going to end the regulations. I'm going to have to end it there, Kevin. Okay, I think no we've unpacked. No, I think we've <laughs> un- unpacked it, and and I, for one, am very excited about it. As I said, we've always focused on the CBD, you know, with this show, with people who are 
going through cancer treatments and we know how many people have been helped by the CBD, but we're looking at a much bigger picture here. Um, you know, the That's blessing right. of, of hemp. Um, and I love that, Kevin, and I hope that you and Quinton will join us again in the future, you know, once you've done all this research and let's see the kind of changes that, that come out of this. I, I for one am very excited. So I thank you, Kevin and Quinton. Thank you so much. Um, and also for being so instrumental, Quinton, in changing laws and introducing things we, we appreciate, and as I said, we look forward to the updates. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki, and your listeners.